Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. We left the broadcast yesterday dealing with the paradox of joyful sorrow. Paul brings up in his list of paradoxes of the Christian life in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And as he is coming down toward the latter portion of his list of, of paradoxes, he says in verse 10, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. That's a paradox for you. Some people will never be able to understand that. But I think Christians will and can if they will put their minds to it. Because, again, our Lord is the perfect example of that. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, the prophet Isaiah tells us. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. The text goes on. And yet the Bible also makes it clear that Jesus Christ had an inner joy that was with him at all times. But it wasn't there apart from sorrow. It was there along with sorrow. Christ is an example of a person who bore joyful sorrow throughout his life. He had great burdens, great sorrows, great griefs, great concerns, but he also had great joy. In fact, one text tells us, I think, is it the writer of Hebrews that tells us that who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross? With the great sorrow of the cross weighing him down, and we know how much it weighed him down. Think about his sweating great drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. What was that all about? It was because he was just mere hours away from the cross. That great sorrow of the cross, not only physical pain, which was bad enough, but the spiritual pain that was even greater, and yet who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. There's a mixture of joy and sorrow. And so, yes, it is possible to have joyful sorrow. And we better learn at least something about this because it's clear that there's no way to avoid all sorrow. So the question is, 
Is your life going to be one with joy along with sorrow, or is it going to be a joyless sorrow? Well, by God's help and grace, let's make it a joyful sorrow. And so that's where we're going on this Tuesday, February 28, on the Beacon Broadcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for chipping in, for helping us with the financial cost of maintaining the broadcast on this station. Well, Joyful Sorrow is number seven in a list of nine paradoxes of the Christian life, which is the third list that Paul has in 2 Corinthians 6, as you know. Each of those three lists with nine items. And the last one, maybe the most interesting one of the three, contains this list of seeming contradictions, the paradoxes of the Christian life. And there are many, and we've come to this one now, this joyful sorrow. What a paradox. How can it be both? Well, it can be, and it ought to be, but we've got to think about it. We've got to understand it. We've got to embrace it. We've got to to learn how to deal with our sorrows, with the joy that God himself will minister to our hearts. Christian lives are, are a perpetual mixture of joy and sorrow. Only shallow, superficial Christians will maintain the false idea that if God loved me, he wouldn't let me have any sorrow, or if I were serving God faithfully and being obedient to him, then I wouldn't have any sorrow. Where did you get that idea? Well, I've got some ideas where you may have gotten that idea, but I'll tell you, you didn't get that idea from the Bible. We've got to make the Bible the basis for our Christian faith. Our faith is what we believe. We believe what the Bible has revealed. Our Christian faith reveals to us that difficulties, trials, and griefs, and sorrows, and pain are all an appointed part of our Christian life. God has designed it that way in this world, this world of sorrow, this world of sin, this world that is under the curse, this world that is bearing down under the weight of the consequences of sin that are all around us. We have consequences of sin in our life that we are directly responsible for, and we know which ones those are. And then we have sorrows in our lives, consequences in our lives, that have nothing to do with our sin. They have to do with the sins of others or just the fact that we live in a fallen world, traced all the way back to Adam. We are part of that. We can't escape that. We have to accept that and to learn how to deal with these sorrows in a God-honoring way, and in a joyful way. Yoo-hoo, that's tough, but no, that's not only possible, that is desirable, that is the God-honoring way to handle sorrows. Joyful sorrow. As sorrowful, verse 10, yet always rejoicing. Don't miss that word, always. Isn't Paul saying what I just said? As sorrowful, he was weighed down with sorrow, yet occasionally rejoicing, sometimes rejoicing, once in a while, able to bob up to the surface, as it were, when I'm drowning in sorrow and catch a little bit of joy. No, no. As sorrowful, yet always re 
rejoicing. Well, how do you do that? Well, you have to live close to the Lord. You have to be regularly taking in His Word. You have to be spending regular time with Him in prayer. You have to be in fellowship with the Lord. You have to be cultivating the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace. Number two is joy. A fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, and so forth. Joy. That's the fruit of the Spirit. So, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers is producing joy. Well, how can you acquire that joy? How can you tap into that joy? Well, as I say, to stay in communion with the Lord, to keep focused upon Christ and upon His Word and upon the great, amazing blessings, which are the lot of all born-again believers— to focus upon the amazing grace that God has bestowed upon you. Some of the most joyful Christians I know are ones who are the most burdened down with great griefs and difficulties, and yet because those difficulties have driven them to their knees and driven them to the Lord and driven them into the Word and driven them to cultivate a strong relationship with Christ and to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in their life, they are filled with joy. Not that they don't feel the sorrows, they feel them keenly, but they are also filled with joy. It is the paradox of having these two together at the same time, in the same person, a joyful sorrow. Christians are called upon to bear not only the normal sorrows of this world, just part of of being a member of the human race, (laughs) of being a descendant of, of Adam, of being a human being in this world, brings all kinds of sorrows. Everybody, Christian and non Christian alike, faces sickness and pain and death and separation and broken relationships and economic hardships. Well, I can probably say not absolutely everybody everybody experiences economic hardships, but most people do, at least in, during some portion of their lives. And on and on and on it goes. And those things are the burdens that everybody has, Christian or not, but then Christians have sorrows that other people don't have. You remember, and sometimes we are perplexed when we think about Lot living in Sodom, and you think about how could he do that, and why did he stay there? And I can't answer either of those questions very thoroughly, but I can tell you this. The Bible tells us that he was a righteous man whose righteous soul was vexed day by day with the sinfulness of the people around him. Now, there's a sorrow that unconverted people won't bear. Unconverted people aren't vexed by the abundance of sin around them. They rather delight in it. They rather enjoy hearing about it, seeing it, experiencing it. 
delving into it because unconverted people love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. So there are some sorrows, not just one, but there are some sorrows that Christians will bear that unconverted people won't bear. So we have all the normal sorrows of life, and then we have the additional ones that come from being misfits in a fallen world. We have been changed. We have been redeemed. We have been given spiritual life. We have... we are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. But we are still in the same environment. We are a different person living in the environment that before we enjoyed and now we no longer enjoy. And that piles up the sorrows. I can tell you, as a matter of experience, that pastors and probably other Christian ministers, but I have no personal experience with others, because I've only been a pastor. I've never been, say, a missionary. But pastors bear many extra sorrows. Just the weight of the burdens of the people that I have been called upon to minister to creates burdens. It creates sorrows, but not despair, joyful sorrow, because of confidence in the Lord. I hope you are sensitive and encouraging and supportive of your pastor, because you need to know he is carrying a heavy load of additional sorrows that the average Christian won't have, because the average Christian doesn't have the responsibility to shepherd a flock that that he does, and there's the sorrows of all of these people. So, Pray for him and support him and encourage him because he has a lot of extra sorrows. But he also has a lot of extra grace. And so we can live lives of joyful sorrow. May God help us to do so. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.